Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grey's ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. This is the most dramatic podcast ever. An iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome to the most dramatic podcast ever. I am Chris Harrison here with Lauren Zima and we have exchanged the home office in Austin, Texas for this office in Dallas, Texas. Up here in Dallas, seeing family, spending some time with the family, Um, but that's not going to stop us from hitting these headlines. <laughs> Huge headlines this week. And coming up a little later on the show, I'm going to talk to Ari Leyendijk and his beautiful wife, Lauren Burnham. You know, I never ask, is it, is it Lauren Burnham Leyendijk now? No, she, just, she just didn't change her name, right? No, Lauren. Oh, oh, there you go. Um, so we will talk to them a little bit later on. But first, the biggest headline of the week, and you are just chomping at the bit for this, the Vanderpump Rules blow up. I mean, Mount Vesuvius style blow up. This is huge, but I am not educated in the ways of the pump. So I'm going to my expert, LZ. I absolutely love that you just called it the pump because nobody calls it that. <laughs> but <laughs> no, more importantly, you did just grasp the reality of this though. You called this the Mount Vesuvius. I was DMing with some, um, I'm a Bravo holic. I love the housewives. I've been watching them for years. Actually, I was a housewives watcher long before I was ever a bachelor watcher. And 
I've been DMing with some of my other um, Bravo holics, and we are talking about how this is in the grand scheme of Bravo fandom. This is one of the biggest Bravo stories ever. But I want to catch everybody up. And um, another thing I love about Chris Harrison is, is Chris is the type of guy who, like, he gets into the gossip with me. You know, he gets into it. Obviously, we're on the most dramatic podcast ever. If I bring him to brunch with my girlfriends, he wants to hear what's up. Well, there's one of two guys, right? There's one of two guys in this world that will they either act like they don't care. Like the guys that come up to me and say, oh, I never watched The Bachelor Bachelorette. I don't know anything about it. Then they proceed to talk to me for an hour about every detail or just lean into, yeah, I do care. I want to know. This is juicy stuff. I know. I come back from a girl's trip and he's like, so what's going on with everyone? What's happening in everybody's marriages? <laughs> so I'm talking to him about the Vanderpump Rules stuff and I'm catching him up. But basically what's happened here, and part of the reason we wanted to bring it up is because this dramatic headline brings up some major relationship discussion points. What has happened is Ariana and Tom, they are a longtime couple on Vanderpump Rules. They've been together almost a decade. By the way, I've interviewed them both together many times. And this breaks my heart a little bit because I always thought, gosh, they're so in love. They're so happy. They're so cute together on red carpets. And at at the time I adored them both, but I got to give a specific shout out to Ariana because she's always been really mature and smart and cool and grounded and fun. So Ariane and Tom together for years and years on Vanderpump Rules, a show full of drama and relationship incest where everybody's dated everybody. Um, Then this season, we're four episodes in and it has come out that Tom was having an affair with another cast member, Raquel. Now, not only is Tom cheating on Ariana, but Raquel is Ariana's friend, is both of their friends, but has said in interviews, you know, all these clips are resurfacing, has said that Ariana is a quote, true friend of hers, that Ariana is the person who welcomed her into their friend group. And so it comes out that Ari, that Tom is cheating on Ariana with Raquel and that it has happened in their own home, that allegedly Tom and Raquel have hooked up in the other room while Ariana was sleeping. Tom is in a band. Raquel has been to the shows with Ariana, cheered him on from the crowd. And another twisted little alleged detail that's come out. Allegedly, Tom and Raquel have matching lightning bolt necklaces that they have allegedly worn together in public to stay connected, even though it's all a secret. So this is dark. I mean, that that to me, there's little things, and, and we're going to talk about this, that take it to a dark level. If you are going to the lengths of, let's have something that signifies our affair, our relationship, because to them, it's a relationship. That's what this is signifying. Then what are you doing? Why why are you staying in this relationship with Ariana? Why are we just creating this whole facade? The other thing about Raquel, and I'm throwing up the air quotes, you can't see it. Her name's Rachel. Yeah, it came out her, her name is allegedly really Rachel. So everything about this woman is fake and cheating. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, I'm team Ariana. Okay. I've I'm I've chosen. I am on team Ariana. Uh Tom and Raquel, they have made their bed and they're laying in it. Literally. Wow. Good dad joke as always. Yeah, well, the, you know, we were talking about that, right? Because that's the thing. It's one thing to me to cheat. Look, I 
I'm actually not the biggest, like I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has been cheated on at some point. And probably when we were younger, we all did dumb stuff. Who even, let's take it back to high school. Who didn't like, wasn't talking to one boy while they were dating it. Like we all make mistakes and we've all been subject to other people's mistakes, but there's a different level to it when someone is allegedly one of your best friends. And I mean, Raquel's doing the press for the show, citing Ariana as being this person who's been so good to her all while sleeping with her partner and allegedly in their own house. It's, it takes it to another level. And say your partner's bringing someone into your home and it's a stranger. This is her friend. Now you are, you've been hurt by two people. Ariana has, she's been hurt by her partner and her friend. So that's the double whammy here. And I think that's what adds, I mean, this feeling of frankly disgust for people. What's worse? Which betrayal is worse? Which betrayal is worse? Yeah. Is it, is it the man you love or is it your best friend? Ariana and Raquel, I would say are friends, but not best friends. But I will, if it was a best friend, I'm putting myself in this situation. I actually think I would feel more betrayed by the best friend. I'm a big like women, like I, I mean, I love you, but I think friends are like our, our soulmates in life. I, my female friends have been there for me through everything and will continue to be there for me. And I love you more than anything, but at the same time, it's like, there's that bond. I think I would feel more hurt because I would feel like, you know, we've, somebody pointed out to me the other day. It's funny. They're like, okay, you you think, you know, your partner, but think of how long you've known your partner. Like you and I have been together five years. I've had some friends at this point for almost 20 years. So as much as I love you, I think the betrayal, that's actually a longer relationship, that friendship. What would you say? You're not wrong. That's why I was just interested to see if, you know, while you were staring me in the eye, if you would say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would your answer be? No, I, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I feel the same way. Look, I have had friends because I grew up here. I'm actually in my hometown of Dallas, as we said off the top. I'm, I have friends that I grew up with here in Dallas because I lived and grew up in the same area since I was five years old. One, my best friend in the world, we met in sixth grade. And so we were, what, 10, 11 years old. So it's been 40 some odd years we have been through everything growing up, adolescence, making our stupid teenage mistakes, college, you know, deaths marriages, divorces, you name it. So yeah, so when someone like that betrays you, there is a depth to it um, that's on a different level. And that's not to say that, Tom, if you're listening, you're off the hook, pal. Uh, it's not about that. It's just that I understand what you're saying about there is a level to a friend betraying you like that. Um, it's crappy when a partner does it, but as you said, there's there's also different reasons that happens and and you can get into it and go on and on about, you know, it takes two to tango and all that. But I agree. I, I don't think you're wrong there. And I think this young woman, Raquel, Rachel, Rickachel, <laughs> I think she's in way over her head because she is now like, she's a newer cast member on the show and, and the other women on the show who are supporting Ariana. And again, you and I, we are, we are supporting Ariana in this. Um, but they are so they have a really strong bond and they, I, I, I think Raquel, what tells me that she's in over her head, this is specific, 
But I get the sense that she was getting some excitement from this cheating. I mean, as cheating often is, but but it's little things like wearing the matching necklaces. Oh, we have this little secret together. It's things like doing it and in, in doing it, doing it in their house. It's things like that she would go to Tom's band's shows with Ariana and dance with her and look up at him. And and there, you, f- it's the daring to get caught. Is that what it is? You think they were like wanting to get caught? It's the thrill of public sex. It's the, is someone going to find us? And somehow psychologically on, on some level, hoping you get caught, hoping it all blows up. When it does, it's not pleasant and you be careful what you wish for. But on some level, look at the things they were doing. Like you said, those are things that scream. I hope we get caught. I hope this gets blown up. I mean, because those are all really big steps. They weren't going out of their way to keep this thing hidden. And to me, that again is when it's an indicator to you of like a relationship can't come back from this because the person wasn't sorry, wasn't feeling bad, isn't guilty about what they did. They were reveling in it. Yeah, that's a great, great way of putting it. And that begs the question, and you and I kind of have talked about this before, are there levels to cheating when someone takes it to your house, your bed, like Tom and Ariana and Raquel did, and or goes to your vacation home, whatever it is, does that make it worse? And I think, I feel it doesn't make the act worse, but it makes the pain worse for the person being cheated on. It makes that victim feel even lower, even more degraded, and just another level of disrespect on top of already being cheated on. I would say for the the victim here, gives you some clarity though. Like it's one thing if somebody, of course there are levels to cheating. And I, like I said, you never know what's going on in someone's home. You and I have said that before, but let's take the example of if someone, I don't know, if they cheat on you one time, if they are so sorry, if you were going through a rough period, whatever, versus somebody who's continually brought people into your home, that shows you, the truth of that person, right? Like, I think that gives you a clear sign, gives you some clarity of get out of this because that person not only made a mistake, but disrespected you as part of it and wasn't afraid to hurt you. Like, didn't think about, you know, if you're cheated and you have guilt and you're trying to make up for it, that's one thing. But if you did it in this way where not only were you cheating, but you were actively doing things that would hurt the person more, that shows who you are as a person. So Tom came out and made a statement. So he has spoken. Tom has spoken, but the way he's spoken has been heavily criticized. And that's another thing we got to get into. He makes this statement. And look, I will also say, uh, I think today there's so much social media, so much commentary. Any statement as a celebrity, any statement you make on anything is going to be criticized. No one releases a statement on anything they're going through that isn't met with. I love that. I hate that. Right. Nobody's ever said, oh, great. No, I get I get their point now. Yeah, no I'm, one I'm, says yeah, perfect good. statement. <laughs> yeah. Apology 100% accepted. Great job on that. Nobody says that. People have to weigh in. But the big thing about Tom's statement that everyone's pointing out is he does not mention Ariana. <laughs> the woman he's cheating on. I mean, so, that, that is a little bit of a gaffe. That's a little bit of a miss there, Tom. I'm not sure what publicist helped him. Um, I'm sure it was someone from Bravo is my guess. And that's the interesting layer to this that I want to jump in as soon as you're done with this Tom point of, of the rest of his statement, my take on it. Oh, okay. Well, so to catch everyone up, his statement is basically he's, he says that Tom also owns a restaurant. So I guess people have been leaving really 
rough Yelp reviews on the restaurant and, and coming maybe for his family and his friends. So he makes a statement saying, look, I know I've disappointed everyone. I am sorry for that, but please don't come for my family and friends. And also the restaurant might have my name on it, but as it has other employees, I have other partners, please don't come for the restaurant. And then he says, I will take, I need time to address everything else. Now, I actually thought about us because you've talked about people needing time. And you've said, you know, many times with both yourself and The Bachelor, you're like, people need time to process and address things. So give me your take. Well, yeah, I mean, first of all, I do agree with, when your life, even if you have blown it up, which Tom clearly has, the decisions they've made together, he and Raquel, Rachel, um, they clearly have blown their own lives up. So are you still afforded that time? Sure. I mean, he still needs time to unwind this, talk to Ariana, talk to family, talk to friends, deal with your own inner circle, your own self, and then come to the public. You don't owe the public anything. I know he's on Vanderpump rules and you have signed a certain part of your life over to that Bravo nation, but still, um, but I took it as probably got a call from the producers. I mean, let's just say I've been a part of a show for two decades and certain things like this happen along the way. I, my guess is he probably would have been advised by a producer or two or an executive. Hey, how about you don't speak? until we do this publicly. How about until we get the Bravo cameras up and running, let's just keep this in the can and let's not make anything else public. So that uh, that's how I felt about the rather obtuse non-statement that he made of just give me a moment because we will see this play out on Vanderpump Rules, aka the pump. You're being so nice and saying they advised him. Don't you think, I mean, he's under contract. Don't you think they would have told him, don't say anything, we're filming this? Because by the way, allegedly, yes, Bravo did, according to reports, go grab a camera and get rolling yeah. on this whole thing. Yeah, thank. I mean, <laughs> look, yes, you're under contract. Can they actually enforce that and, and make this guy not speak? No, he. you can live your own life. You cannot, there is no contract that will keep you from speaking on your own life like this. Um, the lawyers and the executives will sure try to make him feel like that's the contract and they're, they're going to be threatening him and you're in a vulnerable situation. That's how this is playing out right now. Well, I will also say maybe there's the element too, if he's thinking like, okay, if I want to keep my job, I don't, you know, <laughs> I better let the cameras roll and not say anything, but I, you know, I want to go back to one thing you said, which is he doesn't owe the public anything. It's, I would argue against that because I think and you and I have felt this. I mean, you are in a different position because you're a host versus a contestant or not a contestant. You're, well, you're a host versus a contestant, but also on a show like this on Vanderpump Rules or a Real Housewives, the premise of the show isn't a competition. You know, you're on for one or two seasons. It's you're filming and sharing your whole life. And so I think the conundrum there is I think the public does feel owed something because they're like, hey, man, we commit to caring about your life. We commit to watching this show you're on and to the fandom of you and supporting you. And, you know, they've come to his restaurants. They've supported him in his endeavors. They've gone to his band's shows. And so I, I think they do feel owed something. Well, and I agree. I Don't get me wrong. Does the audience, do the fans have that appetite? Do they feel like they deserve some answers? Yes. But- does Tom as an individual and now going through this is just as a human being, because again, these docu follow along shows like housewives, like Vanderpump rules. Like it's very interesting because there's also a real life going on. There's, there's real employees from his 
restaurant. There's real family members being affected. I don't know who Ariana has in her life, but now they're being affected by this. So there's a lot to unravel. And I guess maybe the better way to put it is, yes, you the, the audience is owed something. Maybe the timing can be dictated by those people involved, giving them a chance to figure this out. But trust me, Bravo could not run get the cameras fired up fast enough. Well, Vanderpump Rules' last season had gotten a little criticism. It wasn't so interesting anymore. So the show is definitely back. Be careful what you wish for. Well, you know, but that brings me to another thing. Is it be careful what you wish for? Or some part of me wonders, (laughs) not that this was done on purpose, but look, these people have been on TV for a long time. And that's a conundrum of being on one of the DocuFollow shows, right? Is your life has to keep creating the drama over and over and over again. And you wonder why you see X number of divorces on the Housewives shows, or, you know, we've had a million and one breakups and makeups on Vanderpump Rules. There's been other cheating on this show before. Um, I don't know. I've, I've honestly wondered about it with you and I before, because I've thought like, could I... Like people have asked me, would you ever go on Housewives? And I think to myself, um, I, that that's such a risk of your real life. You know, would you do it? Would you ever be on a docu-follow reality show? I would be the Harry Hamlin of the docu-follow show uh, with Lisa Renna. You would you would rarely ever see me or hear me. Stop in a little 30-second, hi, how are you? You'd actually be a lot like Harry Hamlin because he made dinner for the ladies many times. Exactly. That's perfect. I'd come in for some girl chat and then I would exit stage left the cheating stuff. And that kind of leads us to our other big headline of the week. And that was the Chris Rock live Netflix special that aired this weekend. Um, first of all, it was a big deal that Netflix did a live special. First one they've ever done. Um, I love the jokes kind of in the pre-show that they have reinvented, leave it to the tech industry to reinvent live TV and doing a live Saturday night live comic show. Um, but with that said, it, it went off very well. There were some production glitches. They don't quite have it down yet, but it's interesting that Netflix and some of these streamers are moving to the live event space. They've already done sports. Now they're moving into a big special like this. Very interesting. But everybody knew Chris Rock was going to talk about the infamous Will Smith Oscar slap for the first time. Brilliant that he is weighted. He's contemplated. He's to a day. I'm almost like, I think it was this week, a year ago, because the Oscars are coming up. That's all. That also makes this very interesting. I don't know if we'll get into this today, but the Oscars are upon us and, and he just released this special. So very interesting. But the fact that he kept this to himself, he, as he said in the special, I'm not going to be a victim. I didn't go to run to Oprah and Gail King and do all the interviews of woe was me. He waited for this moment to own his platform and what he was going to say. And I thought he did a brilliant job at it. You and I were talking about this a little bit because he said, if you all, if anybody hasn't watched the Netflix special yet, Chris Rock's new standup, we watched the whole thing very much, you know, laughed at a bunch of it. Um, You know, he's one of the most brilliant standups of all time, but he said, I'm not a victim. And I I agree with him. I, and I I admired that he said, you know, I didn't want to victimize myself and I, I can't dictate how he feels, but I was watching him, you know, he he waits till the end. At the end, he addresses the Will Smith thing. He kind of peppered a few little jokes about it throughout, and then he really addressed it at the end. And when we were watching what he said at the end, I still felt real pain from him. It still felt to me like maybe he he didn't play the victim, but it, you know, he said, 
Will Smith is way bigger than me. He came after me like he, and I never did anything to him. And so I felt, you know, but you were a victim here. You were a victim of someone assaulting you on live television in front of millions of people affecting your career in a way you didn't ask for. And I felt pain there. You're spot on. First of all, what I, this was my interpretation of when he uses the word victim. I think what we see in society today is everybody is a victim. Everybody runs to victimhood is used. He, he didn't want to use it. Obviously he is expressing being a victim on this show. And here's what I think he did a brilliant job of. You're right. He gave these great little teasers throughout the special that you knew it was coming just in case you forgot. He would just drop a little, a little note, a little Easter egg of like, Hey, don't just wait. We're going to talk about Will Smith in a little bit. So that was brilliant. I thought he did a good job because you're right. He is a victim and he's hurt. You can tell he was emotional about this. There was this great line that he was able to walk of the gravitas, the seriousness. Will Smith, as he said on the special, is someone he looked up to, he loved and appreciated as an artist and as a person. And this person violated him, assaulted him in the grandest way. And yeah, it hurt him. And so I love that the feelings and emotion and the realness was there. He didn't just joke it away, but at the same time, he was able in the Chris Rock fashion of being brilliant, made it funny. And he was able to weave comedy into something that was not funny and was brutal and really affected him. Um, I think Arsenio Hall, who was, they did, it was kind of weird. This is the part that kind of lost me on the Netflix thing. They did from the comedy store in LA, a pre-show and a post-show. The actual special was in Baltimore. Why we couldn't line these things up, I don't know. And that was even a joke at the very beginning in the monologue. But Arsenio Hall was a part of it, and he said something very poignant. The special was brilliant as it was. You didn't need the last 10 minutes, but with that last 10 minutes, it's pretty groundbreaking. And I think it's something, if you do nothing else, go and just watch the last 10 minutes of this special to see the emotion, to see how Chris expresses one of the most iconic moments, I mean, in the last, what, 20, 50 years if we all watched on TV. Yeah, in a dark way, an infamous moment, maybe. I'm still thinking about it. I'm trying to remember if I was, I wasn't really laughing very much during the Will Smith part at the end, but also I didn't expect to be. And like, like I laughed a little bit, but I was sort of just more captivated and enthralled by what he was going to say. Um, I mean, yeah, you want to talk about, we're talking about taking time to say what you want to say. He waited a year and, and we'd heard little bits that he'd been practicing these jokes at different, um, standup, you know, routines as he was working towards the special. Um, but it, it's funny how these two stories tie together. It goes back to the pain of cheating, right? Because one thing Chris Rock talked about was he said, well, Jada hurt Will more than I ever did. He said, this all started, you know, because, um, Jada and Will did a discussion on red table talk, talking about how, and how she had gotten in an entanglement. And he said, like, you know, I think it was kind of known Will Smith was feeling a lot of pressure from that. People were bringing it up a lot. And and some people looked at this Chris Rock moment as maybe his breaking point. Um, but the cheating thing, you know, we're talking about it from these two different perspectives and it's funny how, I don't know, it's, it's both things are also, I'm, I'm trying to, they both walk that line of like, I'm sitting here asking myself, gosh, am I, am I, too captivated by this Vanderpump Rules thing because these are real people and these are real feelings and I feel bad. Um, although I feel a little bit better because with the Vanderpump Rules crew, 
uh, they're all really leaning into it on Instagram too. Like the, her friends, Ariana's friends, Katie and Lala are like, we ride at dawn. We ride for Ariana. We are gonna, we are coming for these people. So they're very much leaning into the drama too, which is smart for the show. <laughs> See, I, as I said, I'm team Ariana. I, I ride at dawn too. Um, but the, the Chris Rock thing I thought was, was very well done. You're right. The last 10 minutes, I don't recall laughing much um, because even in the comedy, there was pain and there was, again, this gravitas to it all that didn't make it ha-ha funny, but he did a good job of trying to weave that comedic genius into it. It reminded me a little bit of Chappelle, who, as you know, I, I couldn't be a bigger fan. I think he is an absolute, just brilliant comic, maybe the best there is right now. And he does a good job of always, not as much making you laugh as making you think in a comedic way making you look at something from a completely different angle. And I think Chris Rock did a great job because, and this is something you and I discussed as a comic, you're not often the subject, right? There's observational humor where even Chris Rock talked about his wife on the show. He joked about his daughter on the show. And, but this was about him. This is something that happened to him. And it was such an iconic infamous moment, not an easy thing to try and spin into a comedy routine. Right. Like he made jokes about Meghan Markle too, or he made jokes about, um, Lululemon. But when you're, it's one thing when you're talking about a brand, a big different thing or person other than yourself, it's another thing to be the news yourself and to make jokes about it. And I think, you know, the Meghan Markle stuff is probably going to get just as many headlines. That was, you know, he, he went after him pretty strong. He did. I, if, if you all haven't seen it, he, he basically questioned whether some of the things that happened to Meghan Markle that she has said were racist were racist. Interesting to me because Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have that deal with Netflix. So, I mean, I guess I do admire Netflix for keeping in differing opinions um, amongst the various people that they're working with. Um, you know, it's you and you mentioned Dave Chappelle. Look, I, I don't agree with everything that Dave Chappelle feels. Um, I don't agree with everything Chris Rock or everything Meghan Markle and Prince Harry feel, but I think it's important to discuss people's different opinions. Um, and I, I'm also interested to see how a live special on Netflix did. Now we're getting all industry, but I'm like, how did the live special do? Because they did make a lot of jokes about, I think the opening joke that um w that was made was like, this is the final death knell of broadcast television. Yeah, that was dark. And th that's the thing is I, I watched immediately just because I wanted to see what was the production value on Netflix? How are they going to lean into doing this live? I thought it was very weird that pre-show in a completely different city. Why wouldn't you just do it in Baltimore backstage or whatever? Like it was just so weird. I think it was Ronnie Chang was hosting. It said that too. He's like, why are we doing this? Yeah, he goes, this makes no sense at all. He's like, but we have double satellites. We've doubled the cost of this thing. So it was really weird. And then they tried to, you know, you could just tell it was someone who probably has not done a lot of live because it was like the staged pre-can pre shot of walking up to his dressing room. Obviously, it was pre-shot. And then there was the weird thing where they dropped in on Jeff Ross, who I guess was warming up for him, Chris Rock, in Baltimore, I guess. It was weird. It was like, it was kind of convoluted, kind of hard to follow. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody just wanted to see Chris Rock, wanted to hear what he was going to say. This has been such an anticipated moment, not just for Netflix, but for Rock to come out and finally speak on the eve of the Oscars and how this will play out now heading into Oscar week uh, will be very interesting. And I just, I thought he handled it really, really well, about as good as you possibly could considering the circumstances. Well, you know, it's interesting too, to see now, can Will Smith come back from all this and can, um, I, I'm also going to bring it back to the Vanderpump rules crew, which is a, 
a lot of fans online are saying like, well, Raquel, Rachel, <laughs> that she, she did this, you know, she's, she started as a fan of the show and then she wound up on the show. So she's just trying to further her career. And I don't know. It's, it, I, if you spin it perfectly, if you're someone who's on a reality show and you are a villain, I don't know. You can always, I do think people can always have a redemption story. I'm not ruling Raquel or Tom or anybody out yet, because I will say as a longtime fan of Vanderpump rules, a lot of people have cheated on a lot of people on that show and they've come back and we've fallen in love with them. So certainly not now. And I'm not saying it's okay, but years from now they could have a redemption story. Um, and actually the people that you're talking to, Ari Leyendyke and Lauren Leyendyke. Ari's somebody who I feel so differently about now than I than I did years ago. Easily one of the most controversial bachelors ever was Ari Leyendyke Jr. And the infamous swap, the Jason Mesnick that he pulled, if you will. And it will go down and did go down as one of the craziest moments in television, you know, reality television history. And there are things you don't know about that about Ari and I, a moment that happened before he was The Bachelor that could have changed everything. I'm going to give you that story and so much more on the backside of this break when we talk to Ari and Lauren Leindyke right after this. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. But what are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every Grace ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever. Chris Harrison here. 
As I said before the break, we have a very special guest, actually special guest today. He was on The Bachelorette, Emily Maynard's season, went on to become The Bachelor and maybe the most controversial Bachelor ever as he made the infamous swap to his now beautiful wife, Lauren, and they are now parents of three, which begs the question, Ari and Lauren, welcome to the show. How are you taking 40 minutes out of your day to do this with three kids? A babysitter that we love. Yes. <laughs> and you caught us at nap time. So it's actually a pretty good time during the So day. we planned this in the afternoon. So you guys were really doing this during nap time. Yep. Yes. Is, yeah. How, how are the kids? Let's just get it out of the way. How are the kids? They're great. Yeah, they're really they're great. big. The babies are starting to talk now. Send in Lux. They're a lot of fun. Yes. And, yeah, they're, they're the best. And how's big sis Alessi? She's a three-nager. She literally bosses us around. But, you know, we're trying to figure out this whole parenting of a toddler. You know, she's very opinionated, but she's super sweet and cute. But she is very bossy. How old is Alessi now? Three, almost four. Almost four okay, yeah. four going on 19. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'm already seeing the future and I, it looks terrifying. I think it gets worse. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to scare you already, but, I, you know, I have one teenage daughter. Um you should be scared. Yeah. There's uh, <laughs> you should be scared. You know what's you know what's funny is it, it wasn't the the high school and going into college years. It was really I think the worst time for girls is going through the the middle school age. It's those early teenage years that were the most brutal for kind of bullying and people changing and you know kids you know a girl's growing up faster than the other girl. That was probably the toughest time. It really wasn't those high school years. Yeah, I remember that as yeah. a girl. That was the toughest time for me too. LZ, my Lauren, uh, it was funny because when she came into Taylor's life, she's like, I, I have not remembered this world since I went through it. And, you know, mm -hmm. jumping into Taylor's life and she was already a teenager. She's like, wow, that is, there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, y'all have <laughs> to look forward to uh, 2X. Um, how, oh but God. how is yeah. life? How, like, how is life for you guys with three kids, with trying to, you know, Social media, I see you guys and everyone looks happy. That's not life. What's what's life really like? I mean, we've definitely been through some trials. Yes. Um, I think it was really hard when the twins were first born because we were figuring out how to balance twin newborns and a two-year-old at the same time. So we had some rough patches, but we're in a good spot now. And mm -hmm. yeah, everyone seems to be happy these days, which is really nice for a change. Yeah, we're in this like incredible sweet spot right now. I feel like because the babies are starting to communicate, they're getting a lot easier. We're being, we're spending more time with each other and it's just, uh, it's a lot better than it was about a year ago, which is pretty tough. When you say you're going through rough patches, what is that as parents? Uh, but also as a couple, what is that? <laughs> um, well, I don't think anything really could have like prepared us for becoming right. parents of twin newborns. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds hard, but we also were looking at the silver lining part of it. We're like, Oh, this is going to be so fun. We're going to have twin babies. Like how cool is that? And then we get into it and we're not sleeping at all. We were getting like one hour of a sleep at a time. We were yeah. sleeping in separate bedrooms because we were trying to allow one of us to get sleep one night. And then the next night we would switch. So we were kind of just like two ships passing in the night for a while. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. I, we didn't make any time for each other. You know, I think we're, we're like, we were sleep deprived. But also, I think at that point, your, your temper is just a little bit like your fuse yeah. is short, you 100%. know, and, 
a little bit of bickering and then you know the sex life kind of goes out the window there too for a while well <laughs> and by the way all those things you just mentioned happen when there's one baby and you guys have had three and then obviously the twins so it exacerbates all of that i can only imagine i didn't even go through that so i can only imagine yeah that is the things you do and it's funny you laugh as a parent you're like what am i doing how have these little beings completely changed and upended my life that I can't control anymore? You are completely out of control. Yes. Yeah, it was hard, but it got better. It got easier. And we, we prioritized our relationship. We made sure that we spent time with each other away from the kids. You know, we had my parents watch them or, you know, we hired help to like give us a little bit of a break. And that was really a, uh, <laughs> much needed. Yeah. I think Ari was really good about that too. He kind of forced me to do that when I maybe wasn't ready to do that in the beginning, but he's like, we need to do this for us. Let's, you know, hire a babysitter and go have a date night or, you know, leave them for a weekend and we'll go have some time just us. So I think I'm grateful now that he pushed us to do that. Cause at the time I was a little annoyed because I wanted to be with the babies all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like natural, you know, Yeah, but it's important. I was going to ask you guys how you are keeping it going because people say, Oh, you got to keep dating. You got to get, that's easier said than done, especially when you're in that wheelhouse of the newborn to three years old, it's just easier said than done. And so how, how did you guys make that time or did you just make sure like, just find those little moments? Yeah. I think we did a little bit of both. Right? Yeah. I was definitely, definitely scheduling like a date night or yeah. like make, being like, okay, Hey, Wednesday, we're going to have my mom watch the babies. It's going to be rough for her, but we need to go to lunch and just like decompress. You yeah. know, I think it's just like making the time I think is the biggest thing. And yeah. then just sticking to that. Mm -hmm. A lot of couples that we know do like a weekly thing. Um, we didn't really do that, but, um, but yeah, just making the time. One thing amazes me after you guys have been married, you know, so long and the kids and I, I know you on this different level now, but you guys are not immune to rumors still about you. And it's funny, there's this, still this pull to this other world. There's like breakup rumors and all these things hit the tabloids. And I'm like, wow, it's like, it's funny. I kind of forget that you guys were still a part of that, but those rumors exist. Yes. Yeah. They come up frequently, actually. They do. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, are you breaking up? Please don't tell me you're breaking up. And we're not breaking up, but yeah, there apparently are... someone thinks we are. That's true. I think there's a couple Instagram pages out there that always push that out right. to drive some traffic to, to well, their site. I mean, to be honest, Ari has a history of being flaky. So, you know, you just <laughs> never know. Chris. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Everyone's just like waiting for that moment for right. Ari to just be like, yeah. I'm not like, here. I changed my mind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have three kids later. Uh, so, yeah. But it is funny. We, I see those rumors and I'm like, oh, man. Um, kids, you have three. And this might be a really tough time to ask, but will there be more? Honestly, we've been saying no this whole time, but we've thought about adopting Yeah, maybe in the future. And I honestly think I pulled the trigger too fast on the vasectomy. You so, did. So you got a vasectomy. I did. I got a vasectomy. Lauren was in the room, which was hilarious, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I recommend all the dads out there, if you're going to get a vasectomy, Leave your wife at home. Full stop. Know, full, full stop on this interview. <laughs> Rewind. Lauren was in the room for your vasectomy. Yeah. Yes. Why? Why and how? 
<laughs> well, my doctor allowed it. That was the first mistake. Uh, I just think, well, why? I th- I thought yes, be- why did you want that to happen? First of all, first of all, I mean, she birthed, you know, uh, three beautiful babies and twins. So I, I felt like it was my duty to go in there and just uh, sack up for better life. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. Uh, no, I mean, look, I understand you getting the vasectomy. I've been down that road myself and been there and done that. And so I know it's a rather emasculating moment when your stuff's just kind of laying there on your stomach and they're working and kind of cauterizing and cutting your vast deference tubes. So Lauren, where are you during all this? Give me your uh, play by play. (laughs) Well, at first I was sitting at his feet, just, you know, minding my own business. And then I saw him turn really minding his business. Yeah. (laughs) His business. He started turning white and he started pulling his hair out. So I was like, okay, maybe I should go hold his hand and like talk him through this. Chris, I mean, I know now, but apparently I have some sort of, uh, what is it? Aversion, not aversion, but I'm immune to lidocaine. Oh, basically lidocaine doesn't work on me. So they didn't deaden you or couldn't deaden you. It did not deaden anything. I felt everything. Oh, man. That's no fun at all. Yeah, so he's having a really hard moment, and his doctor is just there singing chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Yeah, well, thanks for setting me up, because I doubt it was a very hard moment for him at that time. Um, (laughs) Sorry, that was too easy. (laughs) So he goes through this. You're sitting there, and uh, you know they, they patch him up at the end. I've you guys are the only couple I've ever known to be in the room together during a vasectomy. That is, that's amazing. (laughs) Only you guys. I know. (laughs) We do everything. It was super embarrassing because, you know, you're just on this table and this, you know, they're like, did you shave? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, you didn't shave good enough. And then the nurse is like, (laughs) oh God, I'm just like, this is weird. My ex was not in the room with me. I, I did mine solo. And Luckily, the lidocaine worked, but right as we're about to start, the doctor said, hey, I have this new nurse practitioner. Do you mind if she sits in? And You know, whatever. I don't care. At this point, I'm splayed out on the table. And this young girl comes in, and she proceeds to turn 50 shades of white. And I mean, she's about to pass out. Clearly, this is the first time she's ever seen this. And the doctor looks over and, and gave some excuse of like, you need to go get me something as she kind of wobbled out of the room before she passed out. But that was, yeah, it was, I, I did it with a total stranger. So probably would have been better if I had done it with my significant other. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Something a bonding experience. We still laugh about it today. I mean, what a date night, babe, let's, let's let's crack a bottle of Pinot. Let's go get a vasectomy. Add that to our new app, vasectomy date. Simplify your life with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. Stay connected anywhere and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Navigate easily by powering apps like real-time GPS and voice assistant. Keep everyone entertained with Wi-Fi for up to 10 devices. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. Discover the convenience and see if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity roadblock your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. If you want to relive the feels on Grey's Anatomy, Hulu is here for you. But what are you waiting for? Let's go. Every episode of Grey's Anatomy is now streaming on Hulu. Seriously. Every. I'm your person. Every. Now we dance it out. Every. McDreamy. Every. McSteamy. Every. Grey's Ever. Now streaming on Hulu. And the new season streaming March 15th. Speaking of embarrassing moments, when people ask me, what's one of your most embarrassing moments ever on Bachelor Bachelorette? It's always my Ari story. And I don't know, you and I have never talked about this, Ari. You were on The Bachelorette, Emily Maynard season. We were in Aruba. So we're talking three, four episodes in. So three and a half weeks of taping. I should really know who's on the show by now, especially when someone's semi-famous or has a famous family. We're sitting around the table. I think it was Jeff Holm. I think maybe Sean was there, you. And I start I, I came by, I don't know if you remember, I played golf and I came by and, and decided to have a couple of beers with you guys and just chat. And so we're chatting and you start talking about race cars. And I said, oh yeah, well, you know, it's funny. I just went to Indy, to the Indy 500 and I did a ride along in one of those Indy cars. It was amazing. And, and I'm telling this story and Ari pipes in, he says, well, well, who was your driver? And I said, oh, it's this guy, Ari Leyendijk Jr., <laughs> Wait, you drove yes, him? Yes, I did, yeah. And uh, it was one of those things where I should have clearly known who he was by now. And there was, <laughs> no, like there was no graceful way to back out of this moment. I, I mean, it was the cat was out of the bag. I had already made an ass of myself. And Ari just looked at me and was like, I'm... I'm Ari Lyondike Jr. <laughs> he didn't say jackass. He didn't say dumbass. He just said, I'm Ari. And so I felt two inches tall. I felt like such uh, a moron. It's okay. You never forgot me after that day. No, that yeah. was, that was, but well, we've been dear friends ever since, but that was yeah. easily the most embarrassing moment. I just put my foot in my mouth and I'm like, Oh yeah, this guy, Ari Lyondike Jr. You've probably never heard of him. And uh, <laughs> what a more, but yeah, that was actually a hilarious moment. Lauren, true story. So this is like, I don't know, six months before the bachelorette when Ari was on it, I was just happened to be at Indy and me and Mackay Pfeiffer, Jerry Rice, we did this cool thing where we got to do a ride along at the Indy 500 and you don't have any say who drives you. It was you and, uh, like Davy Hamilton, someone like that. Yeah. And so they just Mario. throw, they, they throw the, the, throw the fire retardant helmet on you and all this other stuff. And they just, they yell at you and they're like, get in the car. And they strap you in. <laughs> I didn't know if this guy had been on a three day bender. 
I didn't know <laughs> if he was angry at his ex-girlfriend and wanted to fly into the wall. I'm just, you really put your trust into these guys that are going to slam you around the track at 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's know, so I've, cool. I've actually done it a couple times too. It's a really awesome experience. Yeah. It's funny, funny when you pull up your phone and you're like, oh, look, here's the, the picture. And you had the, you were standing in front of the car. I'm like, yep, that's me that's right he. there. <laughs> I did. I sent you the picture and you're like, you are such an idiot. But I know that is obviously in your blood. And for quite some time after the show, pre-kids, you were into trucks, you were racing still, breaking your bones, putting your life at danger. At what point did you say, or was it Lauren that said, hey, I kind of need you here at dinner time and beyond. So we, we kind of have to rethink this. Yeah, I think it was more like the dad guilt of like leaving yeah. the family. We tried to do a couple of races and bring everyone, but it just didn't turn out well. You know, I think we took Alessi to a race and she was like up all night. I got like two hours of sleep and I'm like, I can't perform, you know, at yeah. the same level uh, doing this. So then I would go without her and I would just go by myself like a race in Nashville a few years ago. And it just felt, I just felt like a little bit of dad guilt because it's not my profession anymore. You know, right. I make a little bit here and there, but it's not like that's my, my living. So if it works out to where I race in the future now and then I'll do it. But for this phase of life, I definitely need to be home. You know, Lauren, one thing I've never talked to you about was the end of RE season and not to go far back and bring up an awkward time for all of us, but I've never heard the story. And maybe I'm sure you've talked about it when he chose Becca. I was so immersed in that. And I was so in this with Ari. I was not in this with you. What was your world like? What was your take immediately after? I, I've never heard. I mean, obviously it was really hard for me. I was heartbroken, but yeah, I mean, I just remember it was actually my birthday the day he broke up with me too, which made it even worse. What a cruel but bastard. <laughs> Who does that? Who? I know. Ugh, rude. <laughs> Um, but no, it was just like a really hard time. It took a while for me to process it. And, you know, it was New Year's Eve and I feel like I was finally over it. And then he DM'd me. You, did, you didn't have a, like a women's intuition, <laughs> sixth sense about you that it wasn't over? Well, I mean, when I left, I told everyone that I said that he's making a mistake. And I think by the time he realizes it, it'll be too late because I will have moved on by then. So I held out for a little bit thinking maybe he would reach out, but right. by the time he did, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to move on now. And that was just about the time he caught me. So it was like, yeah, if it, it was about any longer. I probably would have, I guess to set the timeline, it was probably about a okay. month after shooting. I'll never uh, forget when Ari called me. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I remember where I was sitting. I was in my office at my home in LA when Ari called me and to tell me, he was having these thoughts and, and really wanted to go seek you out. And what did I tell you? Not your, not your best supporter at the time. No, you're like, this is not going to be good for you, man. This is going to be really bad. I said, I have been through. <laughs> you better be sure. I remember yeah. you saying something like, you better be sure. Like this better be worth it. Like, you know, obviously you're being put in this position um, as a lead of this, of this network network show. And, there's a lot of opportunities that can come after this, but kiss all those opportunities goodbye. <laughs> well, I did. I was, cause I had been through this with Jason Mesnick. He did the same thing. And um, obviously again, it worked. So it was the right play, but I said, there is a price to pay for this. And if you're going to do this, it can't be a whim. It can't be a, Hey, I just want to see you better know. 
And one thing I always loved about you at that moment, Ari, is you said, I know in my heart, I know, and I'm willing to give it all up because that's what essentially happened at the time. Obviously you have now become one of the more beloved members of our family, but at the time you did, you gave it all up for that chance, just a chance to talk to Lauren. Yeah, no, I think that's like the thing that people always like not even mention, like it didn't like, they don't ever realize at that moment, I knew that it was going to be, you know, bad, bad for us yeah. in the beginning. But, you know, honestly, for us, we loved each other so much. And and when we did get back together, we spent months together doing happy couple. Um, I don't know. How do you describe that? You know, those yeah, happy yeah of course, the sneakaways. Yeah. So, you know, we, we had formed this bond and we knew it was going to be a controversial uh, finale. So we were like, it's kind of us against the world. And that yeah. really pulled us together. Um, and after the show, we really felt like we didn't really have many supporters. So we just had to lean on each other. Yeah. And that really strengthened our bond. Well, that's either going to kill you or cure you. Cure you. I mean, you're either going to make it or not at that moment. Right. I mean, y'all, but y'all did. Y'all bonded together. Can, how open can I be with Lauren on the line here about telling Ari stories? You what? can, you can be very open. Okay, like, like- I don't have to ask her to step out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me everything. Because I've never told this story. Nobody knows this story except for Ari, myself, well, and one young lady on the Sunset Boulevard knows this story. This is <laughs> so Ari, obviously, post Bachelorette, Emily season, he and I become friends. And it was, there was a while, obviously, between Bachelor, you know, the Bachelorette, and then when he became the Bachelor. So we hung out a lot. We're fairly similar in age. So we got along really well, became good friends. He was in town, and I said, hey, let's go out tonight. So I go pick him up at the hotel. We go out to some bar on Sunset in LA and we're sitting there having some tacos, drinking some tequila, having a great time. These three or four really attractive women kind of sit in the booth next to us. They, cl- they clearly know who Ari is immediately. And I mean, their eyes widen and it's like they just saw a buffet. And so <laughs> lo and behold, and we're, we're about to shoot the show. I mean, so he is the bachelor. So this is thank God before really cameras, videos and all that stuff went crazy or else you never would have been the bachelor. This would have been a disaster for me too, because <laughs> these girls come over and they say, we're going to buy you guys some shots. And we're like, okay, whatever. What's the harm in that? And they buy shots and they said, no, 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 we're going to do them off your body. Wait, this was right before the show. <laughs> this started. is right before the show. This is right after Bachelorette. After Bachelorette, before he became, before we started taping The Bachelor, but he was already named The Bachelor. We knew he was going to be the guy. So this is not a good look if it ends <laughs> up in the- Are you telling the story? <laughs> no. This, this is I'm not- I'm telling you this story. I swear I'm telling her this story. <laughs> so this might break you guys up. So this is not, this is not a good look if we get busted. <laughs> so they say, no, we're going to do these shots off you. And Ari- being the shy guy he is, says, great, pulls up his shirt, lays on the table in this diner, in this restaurant, laying across the table, shirt up, and the girls are putting shots on his belly button, and they are doing body shots off of Ari, (laughs) half naked, in a restaurant in the middle of L.A., Yes. I was very single at the time. I will say I was very single. 100% you were. He was about to be The Bachelor. Um, But how great would that picture have been of you and I and you, because I, I was like sitting right here, his body's like this, and the girl's in front of me doing the shots off of him. That would have been a good look, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. 
I'm kind of disappointed that didn't get out right after your season. That's true. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, there's probably surveillance video of that somewhere. Yeah, that somewhere would... Sunset Boulevard at 2 a.m. some dive bar. <laughs> <laughs> My other sad, unfortunate Ari story is I, I tried to hook him up on a date. Okay. I need some dirt on this because I feel like you left a lot out of this out of the story. I did. About your history. So <laughs> my history with this person is I went on one date. No connection. I didn't know this person. It was a blind date. And nothing happened at all. We kept in touch. We became friends. She said, hey, I'm moving to Scottsdale. Is there anybody single that you think maybe I should date? I said, I got the guy for you. I got a great guy, single. He's a good <laughs> dude. And so, yes, I did hook Ari up. This girl did turn out to be a Playboy playmate. <laughs> Chris, you're not making me look bad. I feel like this, you know. It's okay. You're a family man now. He is. Exactly. But yeah, okay. that was another time when I, I've really, I don't know why we're friends. I've really tried to ruin your life over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, what was even uh, more funny about that relationship? We dated for a few months and it was going pretty well. And then she's like, "Yeah, it just never worked out with Chris." And I was like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? record scratch?" <laughs> yeah, I was I, like, when I hooked you up the first time, I think I failed to mention that we had gone out once. Because you know, yeah. as soon as you hear that, and your buddy has been on, you're like, "That's all I can picture now." Not going to do it. Right, so right. I, I didn't want to ruin it before it ever started. Um, but speaking of dating, by the way, I'm excited for this new venture you guys just launched, the app called Duo. It's not a dating app. It is a date app. Yep. Give, exactly. give me, give, before I talk about Lauren and I, LZ and I going on our date, uh, give, give me the flyover of what exactly Duo is and why did you guys do this? So Duo is a date inspiration app. So when you first open it, it's free and it gives you all different kinds of date cards where you get different inspiration for things you could do by yourself. Um, and we've curated lists that you can order things to do at home. And then also there's a surprise date portion where Ari and I will actually plan with our team a surprise date for whoever signs up. So we send you on an activity. You have to unlock the second portion by answering a question about the first. And then we send you out to dinner. And we're kind of trying to give people the experience that we had when we first started dating, where mm -hmm. a lot of things were a surprise. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously The Bachelor, I feel like is such a interesting experience because you're doing these dates that are so extravagant, but also there's a complete surprise to you. So they they do bond you like mm -hmm. let's say you have a fear of heights and now you're doing something that kind of pushes your boundaries. If you do it as a couple, it really does you know, strengthen that relationship. I think it does like push that envelope of moving mm -hmm. you forward. So that's kind of the experience that we wanted to give to our users. And I think it's, it's working out really well so far. You guys uh, tried to do that to Lauren and I <laughs> on our dates, <laughs> you, you sneaky little devils. So, so LZ and I, we did one of these dates um, that you guys curated for us. And first of all, let me just say, it is awesome. It really is that, you know, quote unquote, bachelor experience where all we knew was how to dress and that when we were going to be picked up, and where the first stop was going to be, just a hint. You're going to a pink building. That's all we knew. And Lauren and I walked into something we'd never done before, and it definitely pushed our boundaries of this cool art class. 
Now I'll let you guys explain how that art class is going to be very interesting, but the whole <laughs> date experience really was spectacular. But we walk in there and there's this really lovely young lady and then explain what you guys were actually trying <laughs> yeah. to set up for us. We just wanted you to experience your own sort of Titanic moment. You know, <laughs> it was optional to draw the, 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 the person there nude or clothed. Um, and then also to take that inspiration back home with you, we wrote you a little card that said, you know, now that you've practiced, you know, you, <laughs> would you like to, and then we said, no, not, you know, would you like to draw each other? And we said, no, just kidding. This isn't the bachelor, you know, a little pun on that. We, uh, we did go home and, uh, and I drew Lauren and, um, you know, <laughs> Lauren, you should have drawn Ari during his vasectomy. That would have been the picture. <laughs> Um, but no, we, I mean, I so we told our, our model, please remain clothed. We're on a date. Um, but it was, I mean, honestly, the date was curated so well. We had the music, we had some great wine. You guys know us well. We had a beautiful bottle of wine. And then after that, we got in a car. We had no idea where we were going. We went to this amazing restaurant in Austin, Texas called Hestia, which ironically, and I said this on this story that I posted, I'd never been, I'd never even heard of this restaurant. And it was this magnificent 11 course meal wine pairing. We just had the best night. Um, and again, it was all thanks to you guys, all thanks to the uh, Duo app. I love this idea of a surprise date and it could be curated as high or as low as somebody wants it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's completely dependent upon the user's budget. So they can put, you know, $50 and we can set something up special for any sort of um, amount because it's really about the thought that goes into it. And there are plenty of things to do on a lower budget. And then they can be, you know, the sky's a limit as well. We can do extravagant dates mm -hmm. as well. But well, we do want to let people know that really it, it's it, within their control and in their budget. Well, and what I loved about it was it's easy for one of us to surprise the other one. That's usually how a date works or a surprise works. It's really impossible for both of you to be surprised, you know, and, and that was the magic of the night was us getting ready together talking, you know, it's kind of like, again, like the show, we're discussing, what do you think it's going to be? What do you think they'll, they'll do to us? You know, yeah, Lauren, exactly. my, my girl is LZ was, she's like, I, I don't love heights. Maybe they're going to throw us off a building. Maybe they're going to, you know, <laughs> who knows what they're going to do. And so just the anticipation and the talking allowed us that hour or so getting ready to talk, then going there, not knowing what we were walking into. And then even after just talking about what we just experienced together. So the whole night just really put us in such a great place. So I love the idea of you guys doing this. Aww, thank oh, you. thank you. I'm yeah. glad you guys had a good time. And I do want to say for everyone out there, if you do sign up for a date, you can put the criteria for whatever you would like. Chris asked for something weird. So we sent him figure drawing, <laughs> but that's not, kind of, that's not really where we send everyone, but. Yeah, it's yeah. really like, for example, my parents are, you know, they just requested a date and they said, yeah. we want indoors, simple, romantic. They're like, basically like make it as boring as possible. And we're like, okay, you know, like yeah. if you are not, don't want to do anything that will put you outside of your comfort zone, we're not going to force it upon you. But some people are like, I want to do something thrilling. I want to do something off the wall. I want to do something I've never done before. Then our creative minds really have to get to work. So there is definitely a date out there for anyone. I did say you can't make it weird enough. 
That was my criteria. Yes, you did. Yeah. I did. And you did. <laughs> and you did. And it was too weird. <laughs> no, it was awesome. It really was. And I, congratulations to you guys. I think it's going to be a huge hit. It'll, I think it's going to really be accepted well across the country because it's everybody's chance to to play along and be a part of something that you all of us kind of knew very well. And it it is that pushing the boundaries, creativity, being a part of something you're not sure of, and then bonding together. It was awesome. Oh, great. Thank you. We're so happy that you yeah. loved it. And and you guys, y'all have a million things going on, I know, other than that. And I, that's why I appreciate you guys taking a little time today during nap time to pull this off. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, we appreciate you. And you're, and obviously, it's awesome that you and Lauren got to go on a date. And we we love your support. And, you know, it's it's been... It's been awesome. Like we've been friends now for so long, Chris. It's like insane to think of how long now we've known each other. And it's just really cool to see where you're at in your career. And uh, we'll, we always will support you. Well, I appreciate it. And you guys always have, by the way. And, and I want to send you both love because from day one, when everything was going on, you guys were there and you guys spoke up and you never shied away from the love and support. And so Lauren and I adore you guys. And it has been... Um, amazing to kind of, we, you know, we'll FaceTime with Ari and Lauren from time to time. We, you know, we're having this really calm, nice dinner, drinking a glass of wine. And then we zoom in or FaceTime into y'all's life. And it's just chaos. (laughs) There's naked kids running around. There's like kids hanging off of you. It's like a jungle gym. And it's funny. Then we like turn off our FaceTime and LZ and I just look at each other. I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, thank God that's not us anymore. But it is that beautiful chaos, though. The noise is good, isn't it? Everyone yeah, always fun. says that, that, you know, is kind of, it. yeah, that you miss that chaos. Yeah. And so we're trying to soak it in. Our babies are only little one time. So it's so true. Know, it's hard, but everyone that we've talked to that has kids that have grown up always say that. So I don't remember, you know, Joshua, who you know is now 21 years old and a junior, my oldest in college. And it's like, I don't remember him banging pots and pans on, on the floor anymore. I don't remember the crawling and this screaming and the getting up in the middle of the night and throwing up all over me, all those things that at the time (laughs) make your relationship really difficult. But then you look back and like, damn it, those were the good times. Like that was the good stuff. And so I'm glad you guys admit, yeah, there's those times when it's really difficult, but you got to look at each other and just laugh because that's the good stuff. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. We're very grateful for everything we've got going on, even if it's hard. Well, and it's amazing to have watched you guys and watch Ari grow, but then now obviously get to know you and love you, Lauren, especially just as this family, this beautiful family. And uh, to to watch the kids grow up and to do it from afar is great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're welcome to come over anytime, Chris, if you want to babysit and you know. That's a date night. That's a duo date. We're going to return this to you. LZ and I are going to come to Arizona we're going to babysit for a night and you guys go have a date night. That, I yeah. love it. I love that. That's the show. <laughs> I would do that in a heartbeat. Well, guys, thank you so much. I, I do. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got a million things to do, so I'll let you go, but love you both dearly. And you know, LZ and I are always here for you. All right. We love thank you, you too. Thanks, Chris. Say hey to Lauren. Bye. My thanks to Ari and Lauren for taking time out. They have three beautiful kids, but they have their hands full with Senna, Lux, and Alessi. And Luckily, it was nap time. We got to spend some time together, and it is amazing. And that's one of the things I always say about why I will always be grateful for my time on the show, because there are real friends in my life because of that show. And I could never begrudge that. And Ari is one of those people that 
from the moment I didn't know who he was to now we have become such good friends and to have watched his family grow has just really been a privilege of mine and now to be a part of their lives. Um, again, it's just one of those beautiful things that came out of this crazy show that I will always be proud of. And I'm proud of this podcast. And I thank you all for being a part of it today. And I hope you'll join me next time because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.